God's Word is an open letter to His people. The New Testament specifically is filled with actual letters to local churches. Today on Enjoying the Journey, we open one of those letters and hear the heart of Christ for each church member. Let's join Scott Pauley now in the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Dear church member, there is no substitute for the local assembly. That's right. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You see, a church is not just something to belong to. It is something to be engaged with. It is not simply something to say, Oh yes, oh yes, we have some connection there. No, you have a vital connection. You have a living connection you are to be constantly engaged with your local church. I repeat, dear church member, there is no substitute for the assembly. And if you don't believe me, just study the word itself. The word church, ecclesia, first used by the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. He said, if there are issues within the relationship of believers, then you deal with that and tell it to the church. He used the word ecclesia. It literally means a called out assembly. You see, the devil's work is a scattering work. God's work is always a gathering work. Now, that doesn't mean that every believer can gather together at one time. Oh, that day's going to come. I'll share that in just a moment. We'll all be together. But it does mean that the Lord always designed it so that his people would want to be together. If I didn't want to be with my wife and children, something would be wrong with our relationship. If I didn't look forward to gathering with my family, you would say, something's not right there. And for people to say, well, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but I have no desire to assemble with his other children. Friends, something is desperately wrong. Do you remember in Acts chapter number 1 when the Lord Jesus first left the disciples when he ascended back to heaven? He said, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till ye be endued with power from on high. What did they do? Acts chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. They went back into the city of Jerusalem. They went up into an upper room and the Bible says they abode there. They just, they connected themselves to one another and they stayed there until they heard from God. The men, the women, they were all there assembled together. Dear church member, there is no substitute for the assembly. Even in the Old Testament scripture, you remember the tabernacle? Do you know what the tabernacle meant? It was the, the tent of meeting. It was where they would meet with God. Now we understand that in this New Testament age, we don't have a tabernacle or a temple. We don't have to go to a certain building and meet with God. Aren't you glad for that? You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He lives in you. You are the place where the Lord abides, which means you can worship God anywhere. And I hear people sometimes use that as an excuse for not assembling together with God's people. But understand this, when you come to the New Testament, you find believers assembling together. In fact, letters like this letter to the Hebrew believers that we're reading from and studying from right now, uh, everyone didn't even have their own copy. Do you know how they heard it? They heard it in the assembly when they met together. We are a part of Christ's called-out assembly. We've been called out of the world, and we've been called to be with Christ and with His people. Now, there is a future assembly that's going to take place. Let me show it to you. Turn one page in your Bible and come to Hebrews chapter number 12. 
At the end of the book of Hebrews, we hear of this assembly, its future. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 23 says, To the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. There's coming a day that the church which is Christ's body, the church which is Christ's bride, is going to all assemble together. You want to talk about a meeting that you don't want to miss. Can you imagine what a glorious assembly it's going to be when we all gather around the throne of God and kneel at the nail-pierced feet of Jesus, every New Testament Christian together? That assembly's coming. Are you going to be there? The only way you can be at that assembly is you have to know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. You have to be a member of the family of God. And so, have your sins been forgiven? Have you placed your faith in Christ and Christ alone for your soul's salvation? If not, my advice to you today, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Make sure you're ready for the great assembly that's coming very soon. But now go back to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and notice the wording, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you hear it? This is a present tense assembly. He said, in light of the fact that soon we're all going to meet together in heaven, don't you think it might be a good idea if we met together now? In light of the fact that there is an assembly coming that is going to be both joyful and sobering, don't you think it might be good if we assembled now with the Lord's people? Now, don't get me wrong. A New Testament church doesn't stop with its meeting. It really just starts there. We don't stop with the assembly, but surely we have to have some starting place and for the New Testament Christians in Acts chapter 1, they started by assembling. And out of the assembly, they went to preach the gospel. Out of the assembly, they went to minister to others. Out of the assembly, they learned what they needed to carry to a lost and dying world. And I want to say to you, dear church member, there is no substitute for the assembly. No organization in town can do in your life what a local New Testament church can do. No amount of technology and media can substitute for actually assembling with God's people. Now in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 where we're studying, let me give you three people you ought to consider. First, consider yourself. He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. Consider yourself for just a moment. People say, well, you know, I don't really need church. That's not true. You may feel like it or you may think that. But read the New Testament. The church was not started by man. It was started by Christ. This was the Lord's idea. He knows exactly what we need. He knows us better than we know us. He even said one day, I don't need anybody to testify what is in man. I know what is in man. I hear talk today about people needing community and needing connections. Don't you think the Lord who created us knew that? Why do you think He started the local New Testament church? There is no greater community, there is no greater connection than that which is found in a family of like-minded believers. Friend, you need fellowship. Whether you think you do or not, you need fellowship. We talked in our last study about it being like a family meal. But let's go a step further. You don't just need to be fed, you need fellowship. We all understand this, but sometimes when you have a meal with people you love, the great thing is not the food so much as it is just being together, talking, laughing, encouraging, I mean, I say to you, when we gather together, it's not just about hearing a sermon. Yes, you can read and study at home. Yes, yes, you can worship God in the privacy of your living room. Let me tell you what you can't do while you're by yourself. You can't fellowship. And fellowship is something we all need. So number one, consider yourself. Number two, consider your fellow church members, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, plural, 
together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. They need your presence. They need your prayers. They need your encouragement. Your church family needs to see you and hear from you. They need the exercising of your spiritual gifts in their body. You see, every member contributes something for the body to be healthy. So number one, consider yourself. Number two, consider your fellow church members. And number three, consider your world, the world we're living in. Do you hear what he says? He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. We're living in a world that thinks church is less and less important. In fact, they're even talking about, is this really essential? There's a lot of talk about, is the church essential in the community, essential to the culture? Friend, it's not only essential in this world, it's essential for me. It's essential for you. Stay away from it for just a little while and you'll see how essential that it is. I think of people who can't get out and can't assemble together, how much they would want to. And then there are healthy, capable people that stay away from the local assembly. Dear church member, I say to you today on the authority of the Word of God, dear church member, there is no substitute for the assembly of believers. Dear church member, determine to be a church member that will encourage others and please Christ. Thank you for studying the Word of God with us today. For further resources or to order Scott's new book, Revival Praying, we invite you to visit us online at scottpauley.org. Tell a friend about the daily broadcast and plan to join us next time on Enjoying the Journey.